0: don't know any (laughs) rain type things
1: i just made that up
0: we're we're in our atmospheric river
1: we're in our moist era
0: the end of it for la (laughs) yeah this time our pineapple express atmospheric river so (sighs) maybe you can hear the drips i don't know i can't really hear them through the headphones i've
1: never been so at peace yeah i love the rain i just love the rain i love that
0: for you <laughs> of when you're at peace and Thanks. feeling nice. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's probably a good thing.
1: Yes. And I'm in my cozy comforter and let's do this. <laughs> what are we talking about today? I don't know.
0: This is our uh, end of January, beginning of February podcast. Yep. Um a little late, but whatever, we're doing it. <laughs> um, I guess we were gonna talk about like relationship stuff. Like I can't remember if the last one no, the last one wasn't the one where we A ta- couple
1: a couple episodes ago, ago, Anarchy Baby.
0: Anarchy Baby, yeah. Anarchy Maybe like baby. two or three. Episodes we started ago. to
1: touch on um an interest I have, you you do as well, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think we were just kind of talking about like the way your brother and his friend chose to approach
1: their baby making.
0: Child having a child. Child rearing. Yes. Um, I'm not sure that we specifically talked about our thoughts at all uh
1: Um, yeah so i have an interest in relationship anarchy yeah and i think that was kind of what we were touching on there which is why we called it anarchy baby oh i think (laughs) um but yeah uh we're gonna talk a little bit about that today some of what we we've been learning and how we've been evolving in our non-monogamy journey it does say after all, to the left of this podcast, that we are a kinky, non-monogamous, ungovernable couple.
0: Become ungovernable. We talk Remain about being ungovernable,
1: ungovernable
0: a lot. <laughs> I we, think it's a state we like.
1: Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess we, we haven't shared that much of the our non-monogamy life, in part because people get weird when you tell them too much about your life, They get parasocial, <laughs> and Uh, also just because we're on that journey actively, you know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I'm not a big fan of, like, at this point in my life and art, revealing every single thing that's going on. You don't have to. No, not at all. Talk about
0: what you want to when you want to when it feels right.
1: But the other day, Tamba was like, tell me me your thoughts on relationship anarchy.
0: Yeah. Well, I think, like, before that, you had mentioned that you found, like, a a non-monogamous like relationship coach type person that you were thinking Connect about with. talking to oh yeah yeah um <clears throat> and they specialize in relationship anarchy that's or just no you, no that's that's, just that's their, what you wanted to talk to them about
1: that's just their approach their to approach. non-monogamy they yeah. are a relationship anarchist um
0: so that's not their specialty
1: I don't think it's. I mean, they're not like a therapist. Yeah, they're a, co- a coach. Yeah, is, you know but I, I mean. mean,
0: if that's their approach, I would imagine that's their. Never mind. I don't know. It's not important. I don't know.
1: <clears throat> I don't know if there's like such a thing as like a. I mean, there's a. There, it's. I think it's just like they're a person who uh, who approaches non-monogamy from a relationship anarchist lens.
0: Yeah. I just think it's weird. I I guess I just think I feel like part of the model. point
1: of it is like uh it's not a, it's not like about non-labeling but it's like yeah, I don't know, maybe it is maybe it is apples and oranges, I don't know.
0: Mm.
1: Or is that thing. Um but anyway, yeah, there was somebody who's who I was looking into their work and I think I'd mentioned to you like this is the like approach that I'm most interested in like um I guess framing my own non-monogamy style through and so if I wanted to like you know talk to somebody more in depth about what that journey has been like for me or where I am now I would want it to be someone who's like kind of coming from that perspective Mm because that aligns with like my NM goals we don't say ENM anymore right
0: I don't know I've never I I don't I by
1: which I mean ethical non-monogamy.
0: Yeah, I, I've never resonated with saying no. that it's consensual or ethical. No, I'm like weird. If you're using... If you're doing... Like, people who aren't practicing that are just cheating. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's super you're, weird. You're it's not... very...
1: It's like... It's a, it's redundant.
0: Yeah, it's redundant to me.
1: I mean, there can be... Like, okay, so there's this... Uh, like, Franklin no... Vo has, like, that um, non-monogamy chart, you know? And yeah. that does include... Cheating as a type of non-monogamy, so it's not that all non-monogamy yeah. is ethical, but there's really only like one category that isn't, and that's cheating. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, I've always felt like that was kind of redundant, but anyway, in my NM journey, I've discovered that th- that is like kind of my my goal, and has always like resonated with me the most deeply. And I think the way I was explaining it to you the other day was like. I resonate with the idea of not placing greater weight or greater importance on whatever the, uh it's like, t- I want to say like typical romantic sexual relationship structure is, you know, as mm-hmm. like the most important type of relationship. And that is, I guess for me, like boils down to, That being, like, culturally, I think we live in a society. (laughs) We live in a culture that really places a lot of emphasis on romantic sexual pairing, like, particularly with the aim of creating, like, a family unit under, like, a specific set of rules and expectations for that family unit. Yeah, it's
0: more, like, nuclear family shit.
1: Yeah, it feels like that is kind of where this, like romantic ideal of uh I want to say I want to say like the prototype is heterosexual romantic ideal right of one man one woman marriage or whatever um yeah so I guess like I'm I've always felt like really interested in in for my own like growth and well-being like making sure to value that commitment but also not devaluing my other friendships, my other relationships, uh, you know, to, to serve that marriage or like primary partnership commitment as like the all important thing that like everything else, uh, needs to bow down to that Yeah. basically. Cause I think that's a norm, you know?
0: And this is something like we kind of talked about early in our relationship, yeah. kind of when we were talking about like, um non-monogamy I know this is like everything you're saying right now is stuff that was expressed to me back then I was like oh yeah cool this that that all makes sense I didn't know that there was really a name for it until like yeah after that conversation we were just talking about and then I like googled it I was like oh this is like kind of what I thought we were kind of like wanting to do anyway right exactly (laughs) so I was like oh okay it's not really this just like I guess contextualizes it under an umbrella I guess you could say but So I was like, yeah, because I I wasn't really sure exactly what was going to fall under there. Um, Do you
1: want to read what you found just so that our listeners have, um, like greater context for what we mean as we talk about relationship anarchy? Yeah. And like with, with the the caveat that this is like one person's perspective.
0: Well, this is the person who coined the phrase, uh, or not ethical, um, (laughs) relationship anarchy. Um, and the person's name is Andy Nord, Nordgren, 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 they're, they're Swedish. Um, and they, they work in video games, which is kind of cool. They work on e Nerd shit, of course. Um, but yeah, you could, you can Google, um, the relationship anarchy manifesto. They have a Tumblr with it posted. Uh, so I guess I'll read it. (laughs) (laughs) Um... First paragraph, love is abundant and every relationship is unique. Relationship anarchy questions the idea that love is a limited resource that can only be real if restricted to a couple. You have capacity to love more than one person and one relationship and the love felt for that person does not diminish love for felt for another. Don't rank and compare people and relationships. Cherish the individual and your connection to them. One person in your life does not need to be named primary for the relationship to be real. Each relationship is independent and a relationship between autonomous individuals. Love and respect instead of entitlement. Deciding not to base a relationship on a foundation of entitlement is about respecting others' independence and self-determination. Your feelings for a person or your history together does not make you entitled to command and control a partner to comply with what is considered normal to do in a relationship. Explore how you engage without stepping over boundaries and personal beliefs rather than looking for compromises in every situation. Let loved ones choose paths that keep their integrity intact without letting this mean a crisis for the relationship. Staying away from entitlement and demands is the only way to be sure that you are in a relationship that is truly mutual. Love is not not more real when people compromise for each other because it's part of what's expected. Find your core set of relationship values. How do you wish to be treated by others? What are your basic boundaries and expectations on all relationships? What kind of people would you like to spend your life with? And how would you like your relationships to work? Find your core set of values and use it for all relationships. Don't make special rules and exceptions as a way to show people you love them, quote, for real. Heterosexual heterosexism is rampant and out there, but don't let fear lead you. Remember that there is a very powerful normative system in play that dictates what real love is and how people should live. Many will question you and the validity of your relationships when you don't follow these norms. Work with people you love to find escapes and tricks to counter the worst of the problematic norms. Find positive counter spells and don't let fear drive your relationships. Build for the lovely unexpected. Being free to be spontaneous, to express oneself without fear of punishments or a sense of burdened burdened shoulds (laughs) is what gives life to relationships based on relationship anarchy, organized based on a wish to meet and explore each other, not on duties and demands and disappointment when they are not met. Fake it till you make it. Sometimes it can feel like you need to be some complete superhuman to handle all the norm breaking involved in choosing relationships that don't map to the norm. A great trick is to fake it till you make it strategy. When you're feeling strong and inspired, think about how you would like to see yourself act. Transform into some simple guidelines and stick to them when things are rough. Talk to and seek support from others who challenge norms and never reproach yourself when the norm pressure gets you into behavior you didn't wish for. Trust is better. Choosing to assume that your partner does not wish uh, does not wish you harm leads you down much more positive path than a distrustful approach where you need to be constantly validated by the other person to trust that they are there with you in the relationship. Sometimes people have so much going on inside themselves that there's just no energy left to reach out and care for others. Create the kind of relationship where withdrawing is both supported and quickly forgiven and give people lots of chances to talk, explain, see you and be responsible in the relationship. Remember your core values and to take care of yourself though. Change through communication. For most human activities, there is some form of norm in place for how it's supposed to work. If you want to deviate from this pattern, you need to communicate. Otherwise things tend to just end up following the norm as behave as others behave according to it. Communication and joint actions for change is the only way to break away. Radical relationships must have conversation and communication at the heart, not as a state of emergency only brought out to solve problems. Communicate in a context of trust. We are so used to people never really saying what they think or feel uh, that we have to read between the lines and extrapolate to find what they really mean. But such interpretations can only build on previous ex- experiences, Usually based on the norms you want to escape. Ask each other about stuff and be explicit. And the last one is customize your commitments. Life would not have much structure or meaning without joining together with people to achieve things. Constructing a life together, raising child children, owning a house, or growing together through thick and thin. Such endeavors usually need lots of trust and commitment between people to work. Relationship anarchy is not about never committing to anything. It's about designing your own commitments with the people around you and feeling them or freeing them from the norms dictating that certain types of commitments are requirements for love to be real. Or that some commitments like raising children or moving in together have to be driven by certain kinds of feelings. Start from scratch and be explicit about what kind of commitments you want to make with other people. And that's the abridged... uh,
1: Ma- manifesto, manifesto. <laughs> that's my first time hearing that too because I've never really read that but I think like a manifesto is whatever a starting point or whatever mm-hmm. and I think a lot of I think that's kind of the whole point too is it's yeah like, it's
0: make 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 what works for you and your yeah. the people in your life that you wish to be close with
1: yeah so I really feel drawn to that one of the things in there which which one of the last things that you read really like stood out to me I mean customizing your commitments mm-hmm um you know, not falling into the patterns. It was something like, mm, like previous usually based on the norms you want to escape. Ask each other about stuff and be explicit. Oh, I think this thing about building on previous experiences is really important. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're not uh I think that idea that like every I think we've we've experienced this like in our journey everything that we try teaches mm-hmm. us something more about the next thing that comes you know Yeah, absolutely and I think that that's like a really helpful way of just thinking about non-monogamy in general is not for me at least is not thinking like rules 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 and then you just set the rules up and you follow them forever mm-hmm. and if the, and that's that you know but rather that you try things out and then you really feel and like talk and are honest about how that's feeling for everybody yeah how did
0: this make us feel what worked what didn't work do we need this
1: yeah (laughs) can we shift it can we adjust it can it go can something new work in a better way like there's a lot of customization it's it makes a lot of sense that she's a game developer (laughs) you know what i mean I think she called it spellcasting too, which yeah. is interesting. You know, I don't
0: know what this person's gender is. Or them, whatever. <laughs> I don't either.
1: But um. yeah, yeah. I I just really resonate with it, and like I also feel like uh, it's not that easy, you know, because mm-hmm. there are such prescribed norms around relationship building and structure, and you know, we live in a way. In some of those norms of like sharing a space together, you know, mm-hmm. we share a car together. We don't have too many other things that are like, you know. But we ch- we choose to call our commitment marriage. You know what I mean? Which means something to certain people, even if it means something. Yeah. Different well, I that. use
0: life partner. Yeah. Um. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Just
1: you stopped using marriage.
0: Yeah. I mean, I th- I feel like. I feel like I don't know between us. I use it, but not really. I don't know. I just don't like what the what it makes the norm yeah that. the normativity it signals. Yeah, because um, that's yeah I don't know like uh, I've never wanted yeah to be in any kind of like traditional marriage or anything like that. So it's not yeah. I think people make a lot of assumptions when they hear that mm. too, and I yeah it's just I'm not really interested in that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't use marriage. We got married, I sometimes say, or I say we eloped, I guess. Yeah. Which is more exactly what we chose, well, or that's what we chose to call it at the time. Yeah. Which does bring up, like, a semblance of marriage. Yeah, I usually but say, I it, say I'm like, yeah, like, we eloped, legally. we
0: had, like, our, we did our own, like, union ceremony.
1: Yeah. I usually say hippie wedding, yeah. or, like, uh, like not legally. I make sure to let people know. <laughs> but, uh, but it's, like, a commitment Yeah. Nevertheless, we made a commitment. um,
0: Yeah, for me, it's like, I don't want it to have anything to do with quote-unquote God. I don't want it to have anything to do with the government or, like, any traditional marriage things where it's like, yeah, blending family wealths or, you know... Property. Property or or women as property or, like, yeah, signaling of wanting to procreate to, like, you Mm
1: -hmm. know... Yeah, so... So, but even so, I mean, I think like, I think we did, you know, call it marriage at that time. So to a certain number of people were married, you know what mm. I mean? And it's still, I wonder if it holds that connotation, even if people, even if we tell people it wasn't legal, it was more like this, it was more like a, you know. Yeah. I mean,
0: people are going to think what they're going to yeah. think. You can't really control that.
1: Um, But yeah, I think like. I think there's like certain. I think there's certain aspects of our, like the look of our relationship being what it is that are like are. Uh, why? What do I? Why do I want to say like primary coded? Because we are primaries. Like we're not, not. But in the like I, which is which by by which I mean like, I don't know if I'm living relationship anarchy in this yeah. moment but I aspire towards it in a way. Yeah. You know? Um. Yeah. And by that, I mean, I think we're still like, we're still shaping what that commitment is. Right. Yeah. And how that looks with when incorporating like other people into certain kinds of relationships. But Yeah.
0: I mean, I, I think of like non-monogamy just like I think of kink. Like it's a practice. Yeah. It's something that's going to morph and change. Like as we morph and change and like, as we have more, gain more experience, or have less experience, or, like, it's all, it's all fluid, like, I don't think there's, like, a, just what we're doing. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, aside from, like, the overarching kind of thing, I suppose, because, yeah, I don't know. I think, even though, I don't know, I think I became aware of non-monogamy, maybe, like, uh... Like six years or something before I met you, and I identified that way. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't like, I wasn't I wasn't always actively practicing it, and we haven't always actively mm-hmm. practiced it either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that like makes it doesn't you any it. less yeah, <laughs> non-monogamous. No. Right. Like, yeah, it's
1: yeah. I will say too, like we when we were talking, we you brought up this point about hierarchy. -hmm. Which is in both like anarchy and relationship anarchy can be like a, like a, like a, uh, not a stumbling block, but like a point of contention in a sense. Like, how can you have relation? Like, let's just break it down in like anarchy, this like concept of like, you know, abolishing hierarchies of domination and control is like specifically how I think about it. But for some people, they think of it as abolishing hierarchy you know and i don't know if hierarchy can be abolished because i think like leaders or leadership is needed at different moments for like like base organizational reasons yeah i think leadership is needed i don't know that leadership always means domination i and i know it doesn't yeah so i don't know if hierarchy always has to be weighted as like inherently dominating or coercive or whatever i think you can have hierarchy without those things
0: absolutely i think it's like one of those misconception things when you like talk about the political leaning of being an anarchist Mm -hmm. and people are like oh what are you gonna do just be like running around lighting everything on Mm -hmm. fire like that people are thinking like yeah this really cartoonish version of what our anarchy means and it's just Mm -hmm. no it's self-governance like Mm -hmm. it's like we we in in a relationship standpoint I think it's like we the participants get to choose like mm-hmm. how we want this to play out and as opposed to like um yeah just following whatever or whatever a... model mm-hmm. yeah is socially acceptable in the part of the world you happen to mm-hmm. live in mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you know since most of the world was colonized by uh, much of europe <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a very specific kind of narrative that's like fed to a lot of us
1: <clears throat> but so, so then in the concept of relationship anarchy, I think sometimes people have a hard time, well, or or rather like, I'm not, uh, not people, but like we were talking about it and you brought up this idea of like, it's inherently hierarchical if you do share certain things with certain people. Like,
0: yeah. like
1: if you have a child with someone, if you own property with someone, if you this or that thing. And I think when you were saying that, it wasn't really like I wasn't getting it. But the more I thought about it, I was like, if that does make sense because it's commitment wise, it's not that you have a deeper commitment. It yeah. just might be like a, a longer, like if you have a child, you're probably going to have the rest of your life with this co-parent yeah. where you're going to be working. Your relationship is going to be um, some things are mo- gonna... moderated by that ch- yeah. you know, child. Some group. things
0: are going to, uh, require like a little more I don't know not effort but <laughs> there will be a Something. probably
1: a longer relational yeah. negotiation at play because yeah. you have this or that like Shared it's like a hinge commitment you know yeah. what I mean it's like a hinge commitment of like and there's this child relationship that we also will be thinking about and mediating together through this period of time or like we own property that like not we want to always own even if we as a couple break up, we still want to like have this property that we like co-mediate together or something like that. And then I guess if you have, yeah, like let's say in that scenario and then they, each person gets a new partner, but they don't own the property. There is like a, maybe not, it's not like a hierarchy, like ha 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 they're Kings on the throne because they, I mean, they, I guess it is kind of like when you own property,
0: let's use the child, (laughs) the landlord (laughs) is kind of the
1: landlord. Um,
0: uh, uh, I think a child's a good one cuz it it's about it, commitment. It does require like a lot of uh of of the people participating. Um
1: So when you so when you brought that up like that is am I getting that right that that's your point is like... Yeah.
0: Yeah, that there's certain things you can share with people that will draw you together in a like like for I don't know if force is the right word but like yeah, that will pull you together in certain ways that maybe other, other relationships won't have that same kind of tether. Um, Not to say that in the example of having a child, like the co-parenting, then you're, if you have two partners or no, if you, yeah, if you have two partners, one of them you co-parent with the other, you do not like, it doesn't mean the non-parenting partners, any less like that relationships, any less valuable or important than the one you co-parent with. But the child is going to be a tether that kind of like pulls like certain responsibilities and stuff together for those two people that the other relationship may not have
1: and it might draw more resources too right more yeah. time more money more
0: attention yeah
1: attention because of the nature of that commitment yeah yeah it's interesting to think about cuz i think it's hard not to it's hard for me to like not place that in a hierarchical hierarchical position you know because Mm -hmm. time money resources uh, do hold power you know what i mean like that is all we have in some way so um your love can be infinite but then these resources do hold like power and weight yeah in a way but does weight equal hierarchy necessarily not in not for love no but love is this, like, ephemeral, love is this ephemeral, um, non-material yeah. resource, you know?
0: I mean, I think it also, like, even if we're going to go with, like, whatever the basic programming of relationships is, like, if you are a, quote, like, a monogamous person, you happen to be dating someone who has a child from a previous relationship, you have to be in a, like, mature I mean, you don't have to, but it would be <laughs> prove you to approach that relationship in a mature fashion. Like if that mm-hmm. person is still co-parenting with their ex, like, you have to, be you know, able to... you have to be able to ride with that. Like that child, like that child needs to be able to have their time with their other parent as well. And like that relationship is important for the person you're dating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the fact that they have a child, they're co-parenting with their ex. Um, so yeah, I don't, I think, yeah, there's a, I don't know what I want to say about it, but yeah, there's a certain, I think maturity that has to come with if you want to be in partnership with someone who has a child or even will be having a child, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then thinking about like, uh, when it's not just like, a like a, oh, we have a child together, but maybe we're not romantically or sexually involved anymore. But what about when people are, you know what I mean? Mm. And then there are other partners who are, um, you know, a part of all of that. I can see why so often a hierarchy is felt or in some cases can be, um, can be, weaponized let's say Mm -hmm. for the people who are not part of something that's more traditional or traditionally acceptable in our particular culture to feel like they are less than secondary yeah in that manifesto talks about this concept of like you don't shouldn't need to be a primary to feel like to feel equally loved or whatever you know and uh I mean that's a hard pill to swallow in some ways you know what I mean for me at least it's something I like aspire to understand and feel in my lifetime but it's hard to like totally wrap my mind around feeling secure in without that without that sense of like I'm the most loved in the land, or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And but it's I a mean, weird, it's a weird psychological like trick. But I if feel. you th-
0: if you think of it in the terms of like just like friend relationships, yeah, totally. you don't need that in a friend relationship. Well, in middle like,
1: school, we did. We're not in middle school. We anymore. had to be <laughs> best friends. You had your best friend. Because it's funny though, because like those hierarchies existed even in yeah. like, it before you had like intense romantic entanglements. There oh. was already weird hierarchies created in friendship, you know? It's, like, part of a bigger, like, model. Oh,
0: I, I don't exists. know. <laughs> well,
1: for, girl, for a lot of girls, <laughs> raised as, like, uh, I I mean, I'm not gonna speak for everybody's experience, but I've seen it in, like, pop media culture, yeah. too, you know? There's often hierarchies in, like, girl groups, you know?
0: Well, thinking yeah. that as an adult now, though, like, you know... I'm just saying I think... it's, like, modeled to us. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, just... I don't know. <laughs> what were you going to say? I don't know. We don't need to stop it. <clears throat> I just think, like, as adults, when you're thinking of friends, m- most people I think I know don't think of, like, oh, they're hanging out with like our other friend too much or something like that. You know, it's kind of... <clears throat> I don't think that you don't need to be the most important friend.
1: I mean, in the best case scenario, but I think there are a lot of people that are like that. Do you feel like that? With my friends? Yeah, because I mean, no. we were
0: specifically talking about you're like, I don't know if I didn't have that feeling of I'm the most important person in like a romantic relationship. And I'm saying let's shift that to like friend relationships. Like.
1: <clears throat> I don't know. I think it can happen. I think it can happen in like family family dynamics where there's like the favorite is like another trope where this kind of happens. You know, I'm not speaking like personally, I'm speaking mm-hmm. more to like, um, I think the concept of hierarchy and social group is like replicated as like a norm in families, in friendships and in like romantic relationships, you know?
0: Mm hmm. Uh, okay. I mean, about- I was just talking about you personally, cause I thought you were talking personally about how you, how you were feeling in like a romantic relationship but yeah I get what you're saying
1: yeah well I mean how would how how, how does that feel to you like if you were to feel not primary
0: mm, I don't think I need to feel primary necessarily just more that I feel like when I'm with whomever like that I like I feel like they get me and I feel important to them
1: mm.
0: um, yeah I don't know I feel like I, pro- I probably have like a little different views on like relationship just the way I grew up was a lot different like a, just not having a whole lot of like social group social group or socialization into that kind of stuff like when you're talking about the like I mean, maybe that's specific to being socialized as a girl. Um, the, like, friend group, like, have to be best friends with everyone kind of thing. Um, I think, yeah, growing up, I was just stoked if anyone wanted to be my friend, kind of, because mm-hmm. I experienced a lot of, like, social rejection because I didn't understand the rules or... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't. Uh, when I started going to regular school, like, I don't know, I had a lot of friends and, like, really wildly different kind of like groups Mm -hmm. um just more like oh are you cool you don't care that i'm weird cool (laughs) um
1: so the concept almost seems like it comes naturally
0: i mean i don't know i uh like uh intellectually yeah (laughs) right 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 um of course, like, yeah, when you're actually practicing things, it's, it, it, it may feel different. But, yeah, I don't feel like I have too difficult of a time wrapping my brain around it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, theorizing and practicing are different.
1: Very different things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it feels like something that theoretically is really resonant And, uh, sometimes, yeah, sometimes a little more tenuous in practice because it does come into, uh, concepts of non-hierarchy in practice. I think I'll use this example. My job is supposedly a non-hierarchical organization, um, Uh, without getting into too much detail that's neither how it works nor how it could possibly ever work just because of the type of organization that it is but it's interesting that that's kind of how it's been posed um, to me theoretically and then how it actually breaks down in practice is like kind of a whole other thing you know And also, like, a whole question of, like, should it even be like this? Because is this, like, the best way to organize people and get things done? That's a job. You know, that's a little bit different because there's, like, directives and projects and things like that. With a relationship theoretically, the relationship could just be all about relating. There doesn't have to be any specific projects or things that happen, right? Yeah. In any given relationship. It I could mean, literally it, just be about hanging out.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, a relationship is relating. Yeah. Um, but
1: sometimes people want to do projects together, whether it's like a vacation or a child or whatever, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, I guess so. Um,
1: <clears throat> and then when that comes into play, then it does feel like there's more of a place for structure that could resemble hierarchy or could could require certain like organizational elements that would feel like hierarchy hierarchy you know what i mean like if i'm going on a vacation with you for two weeks and those two weeks usually are spent with some amount of time with another partner then like structurally that relationship is taking like time precedence during that time which i don't know does that is that count as hierarchy time precedence Mm, I don't know
0: I mean I guess I think all of this can be communicated out you know like I think yeah so in that scenario like I think we'd be able to go to the person and say hey we want to do this trip and we know it's gonna cut into this time or whatever because I feel like I mean ideally in my head it's kind of like those things are going to happen. And hopefully everyone is kind of, like, uh, okay with that. Because, you know, that might happen. But then that person and someone else may want to go on a trip that cuts into someone else's time. And it's like, oh, yeah, we got to go do that thing. Please go do that thing. Like, it's it's a... Yeah, it's a Like, ideally, like, yeah, it... um, I think an interesting thing in the manifesto, I mean, I know, I know what, what it was saying about the like compromise kind of thing, but I think like that is a compromise that like, Yeah. Yeah.
1: That was the one thing I wasn't quite sure about. It was like, the idea is you don't compromise. You have your like core, you have your core needs or values that you hold true at all times. And everything else kind of pivots around it yeah. with everybody else's <clears throat> core needs or values, right? Is yeah. that kind of the concept? I,
0: th- but, I think they're maybe referencing maybe like not compromising yourself or something like okay, that. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, yeah, because I feel like yeah,
1: compromise is the only way that that could work.
0: Yeah, I think it needs to be maybe contextualized a little better. Yeah. But I mean, it was the abridged version, it said. Yeah uh and it was a translation from swedish too so something might have been lost yeah <laughs> um yeah but I, yeah i think in my head ideally there's kind of like yeah there is a, there is going to be like a little give and take and there will be kind of probably things that arise that are going to I don't know if step on someone's toes is the right (laughs) word. Yeah, right. um...
1: And then I think the other thing that's a little inherent in, like, what I currently understand about relationship anarchy is, like, trying to sort of address the non-monogamy tendency towards couples' privilege Mm-hmm. Or like a certain privileging of certain kinds of couples. You know what I mean? Doesn't that feel like that's kind of what some of it is about? Is like uh like for for us example, we've been together for seven and a half years and I think it's it would be easy to be like, well, we have history and so that makes the commitment deeper right or some or like more real or something than like a newer connection that either of us makes you know Mm. whereas i think relationship anarchy is trying to sort of counter that idea that like that longevity equals uh value do you know what i'm trying to say
0: yeah i mean i don't think that that should supersede a newer relationship
1: right but I think that's part of what the point is because I think in some other non-monogamy styles there might be a tendency towards valuing like long-term relationships legal marriages like coupled them like coupled them as a like monolith in a way yeah yeah you know, that needs to be, like, protected at all costs instead of allowing relationships to grow and change and morph and end even, you know what I mean? Yeah. If that's what what is the natural, like, outcome for the relationship, yeah. you know?
0: I mean, I don't even think it's, like, necessarily a conscious thing. I think it's just, like, we're so ingrained in, right. like, heteronormativity that it's, like, a default setting kind of. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, which takes a lot of, like, deprogramming. Yeah, de- takes... programming.
0: Yeah, and a conscious effort to be aware of and not fall back into that pattern.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because that goes hand in hand with, like, a lot of the, like, like, a lot of the, like, we saw you from across the bar stigma, you know what I'm talking about, of, Mm -hmm. like, unicorn hunters, I think often, like, comes down to that sort of thing of, like, um, like, that those who are not in a couple or not in some sort of, like, committed relationship are devalued or treated as, like, objects or playthings. Yeah, I mean, I, I've experienced couple, that. <laughs> totally, totally. Compared to, the, like, the almighty couple, which is, yeah. like, even if they're a little kinky and weird, are still, like, fulfilling the role of the couple in yeah. the, like, imagination of, like, heteronormative relationship structure, you know? So, yeah, there's a lot in it that I th- that I think is really, like, helpful and useful and like um yeah just theoretically resonant and rich and harder in practice than in theory but I'm really excited that we're like thinking about thinking about it more specifically recently you know and like how that how we can make like choices in our life that reflect some of those values at least that that like I've definitely honed in as being really true to me you know yeah yeah would you call yourself a relationship anarchist or you feel like you're still discovering what your mm. style
0: is I don't know maybe relationship anarchist uh, aspirational yeah me too <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't um, feel like
1: I ha- I don't feel <laughs> like I have the um the chops yet but I it is aspirational like,
0: yeah to me I think <clears throat> I think probably of all the titles or whatever, style titles, that probably resonates the most, just that or, yeah, non-monogamous, I don't know. Uh...
1: What I really love about it is that it includes friendship. Yeah. You know, because, like, that has always been a very important part of my life. The friends that I have that I've had for decades, like, are people I hope to have in my life forever um and holding those relationships with the same reverence and commitment as I do our relationship is like really really powerful and important for me um cuz it's just like reminds me to take the time and give the effort to those relationships that I should be doing you know yeah there's a lot of messaging i think particularly for women to be gender essentialist but like of just like making making putting there's so much emphasis on like romance and romantic relationship and partner partnering and all of that as like one of the like sole goals of being a woman it's like make kids have a relationship in the past 50 years it's have like an incredible job that pays you so much money <laughs> look hot eat hot chip and lie you know Go so, bus yeah so it's like one of those things that like I have to actively remember that that's not like doesn't need to be while that may have been like what so many pieces of media and cultural um you know programming has told me is all there is it doesn't have to be all there is you know
0: no yeah the 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 crayon box is limitless there's so many there's so many colors you paint you, we get to paint our own pickies
1: or make your own smorgasbord, as I yeah, said. Smorgasbord. <laughs> That's what. Are the, what. What. What was that infographic? What did it? It was just like thinking of.
0: It was like a semi- design your own. Product. Yeah, it was like a guide of how, like a guide of how to start, like practicing, uh, relationship anarchy, and it was talking about like taking, what important things. Re- I- i didn't read it deep enough to really explain it right now (laughs) i think one of the things that like
1: i've also been thinking about is like is it does it really make sense to me to think of non-monogamy as like i have needs and here's these people that will fill in those needs that doesn't really like hit right with me and one of the things that i like about the concept of relationship anarchy is more so this overarching idea of letting relationships be what they are because i think like the needs-based thing it feels very like transactional and like you're just like slotting people in like i need someone to go to the bins with me and that will be that person Mm -hmm. not to say that's like some that is a type of friendship people have like oh this is my spa buddy or whatever you know yeah um But I don't really like thinking of people as, like, a menu, like, I have a menu of needs and I'm going to, like, find this, like, or, like, a buffet or whatever. I think more, like, sometimes you don't know what your needs are until you've interfaced with somebody. That's true. And that's what, that's what I mean, like, the relationship, let the relationship be what it is. You might not know you have this, like, crazy kink because it was never alighted until you met this one person, you know?
0: I mean, I think the, I think that concept was more kind of like what was in the manifesto about like discovering what your personal boundaries are yeah like what what are the things you want or need to express like out of your relationships or to need to feel safe or whatever Mm -hmm. um as opposed to like i need these boxes just checked by these people yeah yeah which feels a little weird but yeah i I mean i think uh after i like was searching the definitions of relationship anarchy a couple of weeks ago after we had that conversation. I think that was one of the things I really liked was the concept of letting relationships be what they're going to be. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it sounds, sounds nice to not to have like a pressure of like, Oh, this has to be like fit into this kind of box or, or, or otherwise whatever. It can't be yeah. a thing.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's natural. I think it's very, like, prescriptive, you know? Um, and, I mean, that's fine for certain things. I mean, if you, like, are going to, like, say, a sex party and you're like, I know I want to have this experience and these are the parameters I'm going to have it in. Yeah. Like, that's the way that prescription works. But, like, if you're um, actually creating a relationship with somebody, it's it seems very... And, and it, you know, it's not like you're doing it because you're trying to ride this escalator up to children and home ownership and whatever. Mm-hmm. Then, like, what's why? Why would you um, uh, put really tight controls on it? Except that, you know, if you have other commitments, then you, like, I think there are boundaries that are created by those commitments. Yeah. Or then,
0: and, yeah. yeah, or if you, for some reason, know you only have space for a certain type of... hmm interaction or something like that but mm-hmm. yeah
1: yes this term polysaturation is really interesting because <laughs> i'm like uh i feel like it's so different for so, so many people you know what i mean yeah i mean it, it makes a sense everyone has different
0: yeah. yeah social batteries or uh free time or just yeah other ab- limits ability to yeah maintain multiple things multiple yeah things yeah i don't don't know if I, how i don't know how high mine is <laughs> i guess you gotta test it, it to sounds, find out. it sounds like kind of daunting to think about like
1: well i kind of think of it this way because like i'm a i'm a pretty introverted person right now
0: mm-hmm. and
1: that's because um i at this time don't have the the quality of friendships that I've had in the past are not, like, I haven't found the exact people I want to have, the types of friendships I like to have
0: mm-hmm. right
1: now. But in the past, I've been very, very social and hyper-saturated because I was in relationship with friends and people who I really wanted exactly what we had. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, like, it, just thinking of it in terms of saturation, I think it has a lot to do with, like... Also, the uh, the kind of things you're getting, like you might feel very saturated if you have like one or two other relationships that are also kind of like not quite right, and thus like taking or draining a lot out of you, or taking a yeah, lot of energy. Or don't like, feel like they're giving. Don't yeah. feel not even get, giving, but just like something's off. Like something's yeah. it's not hitting. Right? It was like a way to, I guess to say. it. But if you have if you there are relationships uh that open you up to greater and greater and more expansive love because the love is like right you mm-hmm. know what I mean and so I think the saturation point has a lot to do with what you're being saturated with
0: yeah that makes sense you
1: know so I and I only really have that experience as like um uh friendship And I guess when I was like single and you could think of it as like poly I think you could think of it as solo poly but I never did you know what I mean but like Single and like able to have a multitude of relationships at once, um, because just the quality of how they were and how th- energy was moving in all those spaces, like, didn't feel like too much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it, it also just like ebbs and flows and changes based on so many things, you know,
0: many, many variables, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so that's it for relationship energy this week, yeah, 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 I mean, this month,
0: I'm still, yeah. To, to be discovered more and yeah. learn, learned about more
1: yeah and always like mediating how much we really want to share with y'all <laughs> it's like you know you know we're just throwing this out into the ether but uh a little dibble what about some of our creative pursuits you have a show coming up i've i just did, did something very like ballsy for my own art career yeah uh, what is it should i go first
0: if you want to, you don't have to. Um,
1: but... Well, I, I do. I've done this thing for years. I've applied for grants and residencies and various art opportunities for, for 15 years now. The only ones I've ever gotten are ones that are uh, people I've known mm-hmm. people who were on the selection board or like somehow, like nepotistic selections only. But I've never stopped. Every year I apply to stuff to try to get money. To try to get support. To try to get institutional support. And it's just a weird thing I do. And I don't know, like, why? Because I've experienced such, like, total rejection <laughs> for so long. <laughs> but, like, uh, I just keep doing it. I don't know. I guess partially because it's like doesn't take that much effort. But it's also, like, never resulted in anything. So it's, like...
0: You also can't get a yes if you don't apply.
1: I know. But it's kind of like auditioning for plays in a way, which was like something I never wanted to do, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a little different so you're just like sending like, like PDFs into the ether. But um, anyway, I don't know remember why, but I just had this idea that like, you know what, this year I'm going to just like invest in my little art practice and hire an arts writer to help me write one of these applications this year. I don't want to say what the application is because I don't want to jinx it. Don't. (laughs) Um, But so I did do that and I've been working with an art writer to sort of like shape and hone my work, which is, um, yeah, has been a really hard to do over the years because I've uh, made many artistic choices that don't lend themselves to like a clean narrative and like an overarching aesthetic i.e. like reproducing the same piece, piece of work ad nauseum, which is the, the, what, the thing the market wants you to do, right? If you want to be like a, a lucrative artist or a, I don't know. Quote-unquote successful. Successful <laughs> artist. I mean, not, not all successful artists reproduce their things, but like it's a certain formula that's like not a bad idea to do. So when I had early success like four, 15 years ago, I should have just done that thing forever. I should still be doing that thing I did. Man. But I can't do it. <laughs> so anyway, this person is try- kind of just helping me shape some of, like, the last ten years of my work and try to make it palatable, which is not always easy to do. Because a lot of it is sex work, BDSM, um, you know, kinky shit that a lot of, like, arts people, like clutch their pearls about <laughs> in one way or another other people will totally love it you know there there are definitely risk-taking institutions out there but um anyway so that's been like a whole interesting process and I'm glad I'm doing it and it might still just like end in a lot of rejection but uh I'm trying it out uh that's, that's-
0: good I think you'll learn a lot about kind of like having an outside perspective on yeah. kind of the whole thing and I think that will be like a good help for you definitely
1: we'll see I'm like honestly kind of scared that I'll get it back and I'll be like did chat GPT write this?" <laughs> it's a possibility <laughs> I was literally like hemming and hawing and being like well I have to run this through like chat GPT to make sure it like they didn't just, like, scrape the internet and write this story, But I don't really think that person's going to do that. I just was like, what if ChatGPT, which we talked about in a previous episode, like, I was using it to write our bios and stuff <laughs> like that. And, like, it does a not terrible job. It does a not terrible job. But I don't know if it has the nuance that this conversation I had with an actual human being will you know, they don't have that. Yeah. It can't look at things in that same way. So I'm, I'm going to, it'll be interesting to see what. Um,
0: and this person has the perspective of like knowing how to write for. For, uh, for funders. Funders, yeah.
1: Yeah, that is the most important thing. Because I know that there's a certain language and framing that I just have never really figured out. I don't, I don't really understand it. That's why there's professionals who do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of them. So yeah, I'm happy that I'm doing that. And I think it's like at least a good step to, like, get those materials in better order. Um, but you have an art show coming up in, what, a week?
0: Uh, two weeks? Two weeks, I think. Yeah, on the 22nd. <laughs> um, a kink art show uh, that I have a series of shrink wrap suspensions that I've been wanting to do mm-hmm. forever now.
1: What is a shrink wrap suspension? Uh,
0: it's, you know, that super tough kind of plastic wrap that people will wrap pallets with, stuff like that. For when you're, like, moving. For when you're moving, um, or shipping, if anyone works in a warehouse. Um, But you can mummify a body with it or use it to suspend someone. Um, So it's something I got into... I saw it at my very first play party. And oh, I yeah. I did it for the very first time with Genevieve when we got together. What was our
1: first one? Was that the one up and like, be- strung between those two pine trees? Yeah,
0: the two vertical trees. Yeah. In the rain. That was the very first one, yeah. That was maybe like 2016, 2017, something like that. Uh,
1: 2018, 19.
0: 18? Mm, yeah, maybe 18. Not 19. Maybe 18. Uh,. but yeah i've been wanting to do a series of like black people suspended for a long time i was originally going to do like try to do like five different models for this but there was some time communication shit and yeah didn't have enough time to do all that uh so i did three
1: including yourself
0: yeah two other people and then my first two self-suspensions uh, which is really hard to do. <laughs>
1: I, it was pretty impressive to watch you do that.
0: Uh.
1: To pull up your whole body weight by your body. Yeah. But I mean, hey, that
0: part wasn't the hard part. The, the, the wrapping was oh, yeah, really yeah, hard yeah. to do. Cause it's not like rope where you can just like run it through and mm-hmm. I don't know, tie knots, but you have to like do so many layers of like shrink wrap because it's it's basically like a little thicker than like plastic wrap but you have to do many layers for it to support and not body stretch, weight Yeah. Um, and yeah it's kind of awkward to do on yourself <laughs> uh, but yeah so I'll have some photos from those and then a couple of my physical pieces I'm going to re- do another version of uh the rubber chicken flogger and then this idea I had for making some wooden not. Wooden brass knuckles uh, as like an impact toy, and then also display those. So that's exciting. Yeah. I, mean, I was very nervous about doing it a while ago because I was like, I don't have enough time, and it's been raining here. It. But yeah, got I got my got my first test print earlier this week, and it looks great. So I'm excited and yeah. getting the rest of the prints done.
1: Tomorrow? Do you think you'll get them tomorrow?
0: Uh, I don't think so. Oh. It's pro. I probably won't get them until next week.
1: Super exciting. Uh, and then you get to schmooze and talk to people about your art. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I was wondering no, how you felt gonna, about that part.
0: I'm just going to hang out and watch and just hang watch out and the vulture.
1: Yeah. Yeah, should be fun. I mean, actually,
0: it, won't, it probably won't be so bad there because it's not art people. <laughs> That's, what, That's true. I don't like talking to fucking art people. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um
1: Poor thing. You have to come to to all these art openings.
0: No, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't go if I really hated it, but I just don't speak the language, so it's not. I get it. It's not easy or comfortable for me to like. Yeah,
1: I do speak it, and I find it kind of repugnant. So
0: speak a foreign language to people about, especially about my own stuff. Yeah, I get it, but.
1: The kink, the kink speak, scene is a little speak, like more. I
0: speak the kink language. You speak so. kink,
1: and like people aren't gonna. I don't. My experience in those scenes is that that's just not. It's not the same vibe.
0: Yeah. So less. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Art world has a a, a snoot about it. a Certain attention yeah. <laughs>
1: to it. Yeah, it's part of the. Um, it's part of the cost of entrance or whatever Mm -hmm. it's like total pretension and like to prove that you've been through some kind of training ground that like allows you access blah 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 or that you watched enough tiktoks to fix it or whatever (laughs) maybe it's easier now maybe those worlds are more accessible now that the internet is wide. the the world wide web is wider and wider and wider but you have to actually want it yeah and i'll be honest the yeah it's not I'll go do it, but it's not like I'm going to multiple art openings a week for a reason, you know. Pandering to that scene is not that fun.
0: It's a thing, it's a thing. <laughs> it's a
1: thing you can do, it'll certainly get you farther. I mean, I can apply for art art stuff all day, but like at the end of the day, it is the nepotism that's going to get you anywhere.
0: You got to get you got to have that Nepo.
1: I know, I don't have that Nepo in me.
0: <laughs> I ain't got
1: that Nepo in me. Maybe I used to, but... Even then, all that happens is you get, like, invited to, like, group shows or whatever, and that doesn't lead to, like, necessarily, like, financial stability or success. It just means you have, like, a longer and longer resume. Resume and for what? You know what I mean?
0: Someone to see you and scoop you into the chip life.
1: Right, I think that that's the... (laughs) That's the hope. But I mean, for a lot of people, they genuinely enjoy those spaces and the connections are worth it. Yeah. It is actually like, oh, I actually like these people. And I do like a lot of our people. There are conversations I have there that like, I'm really grateful to have, but I also get the pretension. (coughs) And I get how if you haven't been through the the gamut of art school, how it feels (laughs) like particularly uh, weird, wishy-washy and weird like, what are you working on, Tumba?
0: Nothing. (laughs) I will be sticking my thumb up my butt later and jerking off. You see how uncomfortable
1: (laughs) I am when people ask me that sometimes too, right? Like, I don't want to talk to you about what I'm working on. I'm working on, like, the deep existential ephemerality of existence (laughs) in ways that, like, can't be put on a wall. I don't know what to tell you. Like, it's like, "Mm, you wouldn't get it. (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't get it because you have to do like 15 things a month to feel like you're an artist. I just have to sit back and think it through.
0: we <laughs> let the we're, cur- we're curtain the same. of dread wash over me. <laughs> well,
1: kind of. We're, yeah, a little bit. I find a lot of value in that curtain of dread, actually. Not everyone wants to sit under it. And not everyone has to. No. Lots of people could make other kinds of art.
0: Difference There's so many different ways. There's mm-hmm. no one.
1: Nope.
0: But, I don't know. Anything else? No,
1: that's it for now.
0: That's our transmission.
1: We'll be back
0: <laughs> with other,
1: other stuff to talk about and think about.
0: More vocal blobs. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis.
1: If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K halitosis cosmic at gmail.com
0: please subscribe and like the podcast
1: and you can follow us on our personal instagram accounts i am gorgeous taps and temba is tembizzle t-e-m-b-i-z-z-l-e thanks for listening